Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Chit Chat with Finn Maniacs. I'm your host, Tanner Elliott, and today we have Stephanie Weisenberger, host, co-host of the Condentrimental Podcast with Sports Law Lust, and congratulations to her as she recently graduated New York, uh, University of New York Law School. Uh, Stephanie, how's it going? Great. How are you? Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. It was great getting to know you and your classmates when I talked at Delaware a few weeks ago, but it's great to be here again. Yeah, thank you for coming on, Stephanie. Um, today's show is going to be a little bit different. Stephanie is, as, as you probably know, um, someone that studies sport law, and that's something that, you know, not a ton of people actually know about. I know it's a whole different thing other than, you know, the business side and, you know, the actual sports side of, of sport overall. And um, today we're just going to dive into the first, the Julio Jones situation that we all know <laughs> took the, the whole world by storm for about two or three days. Mm -hmm. Stephanie, if you just want to talk about, you know, the legal aspects of it, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I'll give a little bit of background for those that don't know what happened. But last week, Shannon Sharp on the Undisputed show he actually called julio jones and straight up asked him about his situation with the falcons and he was like all right are you what's what's the deal and julio jones essentially was like yeah i'm done with the falcons not going back and so a lot of people then started thinking was this even able to was this even legal for Sharp to call Julio Jones on air without letting him know that he was being recorded versus, you know, just randomly calling him and him having no idea that he was being recorded whatsoever. And then it kind of put him in a bad spot with the Falcons, especially because apparently they had no idea that this was happening. Although it's definitely suspicious that I believe Sharp and Julio have the same agent, if I'm not mistaken. I believe I saw that somewhere at CAA. But I mean, it kind of gets you in murky waters just because depending on what state you're in, you either have to have both parties consent to the recording or just one party has to consent. But where Undisputed was being recorded in California, it's a two-party consent law. So if Julio had no idea that he was being recorded on air, then this could become very problematic. Um, I know I, when I was talking to Sports Law Lust about it, he was saying that it's interesting that Shannon Sharp tweeted about it and there hasn't really been any public apology or anything like that. And so he thought that based on that, Julio had to have had some sort of idea just because of that two-party consent law in California. But I mean, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. <laughs> what do you think about it? Did you think that Julio knew that he was being set up or? Um, I doubt it. I doubt that he knew, <laughs> if I'm being honest, especially just based off his reaction, especially saying, you know, I'm out of there and then saying I'm not going to the Cowboys. I want to go to a winner just publicly, you know, bashing a team like that is something that's, you know, unheard, unseen of. And um, I, I saw somewhere where it said that, you know, this can put not only Shannon Sharp, but undisputed and Fox Sports as a whole and, you know, uh, murky waters with the NFL because that just ruins their, you know, their whole relationship with them. They can basically just put them on a, on a blacklist and there goes, you know, all their insider information, you know, even, you know, TV deals. I know they just signed a new one uh, a couple months ago, actually. So that could put a lot of stuff in jeopardy that, 
it's just a whole domino effect. I haven't seen much about it since it happened. It's you know the first two days were pretty pretty wild, but since then I haven't seen much about it. So you know, like you said, Julio could have just gave consent, but he didn't think that you know it was actually going to be aired live. They could have been edited out, but it's it's very tough, very tough to say, <laughs> just based on the lack of information we have. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think that new uh, media rights deal with Fox and NBC and Amazon and all those different players was is worth like $113 billion yeah. or something crazy yeah. like that. <laughs> so you definitely don't want to get Fox mad, especially when there's that amount of money on the line. But then exactly. again, it's also like Aaron Rodgers is out here kind of bashing the Packers and mm-hmm. making that whole thing. So it's definitely been an interesting time for athletes speaking out, especially as of late. Yeah, exactly. That same thing with the Aaron Rodgers situation. This is just um, something crazy we've never really seen before. Players, you know, taking a stand against their teams, especially in the NFL. We see it a lot in the NBA and teams are just like demanding a trade, demanding a trade. But in the NFL, it's not as often, but you're seeing it more. Deshaun Watson, you know, he has his whole other lawsuit going on that's, you know, Kyle kind of dialed down. But um, another situation is is the Juwan James situation. You know, he got hurt from – he actually opted out last year, and then he, you know, tore his Achilles off-site. And now they're – I'm not sure if there's there's a verdict yet, but I know that he has the potential of not even being paid this year. What what are your thoughts on that and just the the, the legal repercussions based on the, you know, the player union and everything like that? Yeah, so, I mean, it's unfortunate, but I mean, the way that the CBA, the NFL CBA is written, the Broncos aren't obligated to pay him for this year because that injury was off-site. It qualifies as a non-football injury, according to the CBA, and so basically they have the power to void this year's $10 million guaranteed salary, and I think a lot of people get confused when you say, guaranteed salary because realistically it's really just that money the money is guaranteed only when it gets in the player's bank account because like here that 10 million dollars was guaranteed for skill injury and cap but that doesn't include any injuries that are suffered not in the building or off the field and so that's kind of where I think the murky waters of the NFL kind of having a lot of control over the players and their decisions comes into play. I mean, we've seen it with concussions, medical malpractice, different cases like that. And it's kind of just all they want. It's a money-making power that they have, you know, they have the, this monopolistic control. They're obviously just signed that $113 billion media rights deal, which is huge. So they're just constantly trying to get, the best players to stay on the field and, you know, make the most money that they possibly can. And so I think that's, it's a little bit murky there just because of the fact that here's this guy who is trying to stay in shape for the season to help his team. And they're essentially like, Oh, sorry. Like just because you were trying to help the team by staying in shape in the off season, you can't, get paid because you got injured in an off, like an off, uh, whatchamacallit, off, 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 uh, off facility. I'm forgetting the word. Off site. Off site. Yes. yes. An off site facility, which is kind of crazy. 
right? Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? It's that, pretty crazy in my yeah, opinion. That actually brings up what I was going to ask you. And, uh, you know, athletes are expected to stay in shape year round. You see it, you know, you see the videos the players post. You see players right now with OTAs going on. You see players skipping uh, voluntary uh, mini camp just to go work out on the on their self. So if they get hurt, you know, training by themselves instead of being a voluntary mm-hmm. mini camp, same situation can happen. It's like the athlete is expected to train 24-7 and they don't always have access to team facilities. They might, they might not, but they're not always going to train at team facilities without – you know, their specified trainer that's helped them since, you know, their rookie year. So it definitely is. It's it's tricky when you think about it because, you know, you have LeBron James. Like, LeBron James isn't going to work out at the Lakers facility all the time, but he's expected to stay in shape exactly. year-round. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, but... Exactly. You can go, you can go. I was just going to say, you know, going off of what you said about, like, LeBron James not working off at the facility, it would be interesting to see if maybe someone more prominent, like let's say Patrick Mahomes got injured offsite. Would they still be paying his guaranteed salary? Probably. But I mean, Juwan James is not exactly a superstar in comparison to some of the other players. And so I don't know if that has something to do with it where they're just like, all right, we're essentially just going to be wasting $10 million on this guy. And we just might as well get rid of him and use this almost as an out because they can because they have that power. But I mean, it's interesting because I was reading, when I was looking this up more, the NFL Players Union, when they first heard about this, they actually answered with a memo and sent it to players and then it was obtained by NFL Network. But the union said that the league was gutless to use a player's serious injury as a scare tactic to get players to come running back to these on-site workouts. The NFL's memo is yet another sign of what they think of players and also affirms that they simply want to control you year round in any and every way they can. And I think that kind of is the crux of the issue. The fact that the NFL needs to kind of buckle down and someone needs to start standing up and get rid of all the power that they have over these players because it's getting a little ridiculous. No, you are right. And I think I saw, so I think James might've been cut. That's what I'm looking for right now. Because I, I think I saw somewhere that he was cut about a week after he hurt, after he got hurt, but I could be wrong. I thought I saw it somewhere. Yeah, he was cut. He, he was cut. Yeah. So that just, you know, that makes yeah, it even worse. Sure. <laughs> exactly. That makes it worse. And then I guess for this year, because of his, um, his signing bonus, I believe was spread out over three or four years. And so I think he has like 5 million or 3 million, something like that left on this year for the signing bonus because it's prorated. And because they, if they, the Broncos really want to piss him off, they <laughs> also can technically go for having him paid back. Yeah. I, the I remainder think so. of this year's signing bonus. I think I, I think Which you are is correct. Really, you ask this guy to pay three million dollars back to you, like it makes no sense to me. I know I know James signed the big extension, um, not extension, a big contract with Denver, uh, three years ago, and I think the first year with the contract he got hurt three games into the season, and then he opted out last year, and then this year, of course, mm-hmm. he tears his Achilles and get cut. So then he signs the big contract and he played you know three games. I think it was like thirty nine snaps or something crazy like that. And you had a bunch of fans saying, well, it doesn't really matter that, you know, <laughs> he's, he's not making the money for this year or something like that just because 
he got paid last year because they were they forced they forced him to just even if they opted out they still got paid and he still got paid even though he got hurt you know his first year of the contract because he got hurt on site actually so i mean good for him for getting paid but you know not good for getting hurt but now he's in the tricky spot where he has to recover from the achilles he may be in a legal battle just due to he may may he may have to pay back the signing bonus he may have to he may not even get paid his 10 million dollars still just because he still got hurt off site and you know a team may not sign him i mean i know he's a good player but he hasn't played you know two two and a half years it's going to be two and a half years come next year basically so it's going to be tough for him just to work his way back especially you know <laughs> now this happens yeah exactly that's another good point that you made was he's kind of been out of out of the football game for a while now, just between the pandemic and then his injuries. And so, I mean, yeah, the Broncos aren't doing him any favors by cutting him, that's for sure. When he was trying to do them a favor by getting back into shape. So it's it's definitely an unfortunate situation. And I think we'll start opening people's eyes to the way that the NFL CBA is structured. And I think another player to Sean Hamilton that happened to too, as well. I think he got hurt off-site a couple days after Jawan James, and they were actually looking to trade him. And they actually found a trade, but then when the news came out that he got hurt, the trade was off. So that's just another, you know, two players on the same team. You don't see that happen very often, but it just shows you, you know, how, how tricky things could be. Yeah, I didn't even know about that one, but it's it's weird. It's very weird that guaranteed money is not really guaranteed until it ends up in in the bank account. <laughs> it's not like the NBA where these contracts are guaranteed, that's for sure. No, you're right. And speaking about the NBA, um, it's been it's been a pretty crazy playoff period. You know, they start letting fans back. I know the I know the Knicks started letting them back the first time they made the playoffs in a long time. You know, teams are now starting to let, you know, with the pandemic essentially coming to a a, a, a close, hopefully. You see, I think it's been three or four instances just in the past week of fans you know, the, you have the water bottle on Kyrie. You have the fan just running on the on the court last night. And I'm forgetting what the last one was. Uh, I know the fan spit on Trey Young in New York. And there was another one. So that's four instances in essentially a week and a half, mm-hmm. two weeks. Um, just Can you just walk us through some of that? Because I know the one that threw the water bottle actually got a felony, a misdemeanor. So that's, you know, <laughs> that's pretty huge. Yeah, that's honestly kind of the crazy part but I do have to say I mean I think I think it was Kevin Durant who said it in a press conference after the game about something about just how like your mother would not want you to like you wouldn't be throwing things anywhere else let alone a zoo and I think he compared it to like this isn't a circus this is not a zoo but even if it were a circus or a zoo you still wouldn't throw something at someone like that and it's also like there would be no basketball without these players and so there needs to be more respect from the fans and I don't know I keep seeing people being like is it just because everyone was all cooped up inside for a year blah 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 blah. it's like no that's that shouldn't be an excuse and but it definitely is pretty crazy (laughs) that I'm pretty sure if I remember seeing it that the water bottle is actually classified as a dangerous weapon. Yeah, 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 so I saw that. <laughs> this 21-year-old kid just thought that he was going to a Celtics game. Literally, this happened at very, right after the game ended, right? Yeah, yeah, right. He, Kyra's walking to the locker room after. Yeah, and so this 21-year-old literally about to leave the stadium 
is now facing assault and battery by means of a dangerous weapon charges. <laughs> That's like, crazy. I, I can't say that I would go to a basketball game and think that I would be leaving with these charges uh, filed against me. But I mean, I guess he's going to be arraigned today, actually, I think in a court in Boston. And so we'll see what happens with that. But I mean, a lot of people are saying, is it really that extreme? Does he really deserve the assault and battery charges? And to be honest, I mean, the water bottle apparently grazed Kyrie's head. And so based on the language of the law, that's it, it classifies as it, no matter how slight it is, and no matter whether it's with a water bottle or some other object, it doesn't really matter. It's all based on statute and based on the principle of it all. No, you're exactly right. You know, just based off the law, that's why they classify it as it is. But if you look at baseball, I know baseball's had fans in. Uh, even during the Super Bowl, I know that one guy, you know, ran ran onto the field during the Super Bowl. But I guess the only sport to really compare it to right now is baseball, since mm-hmm. baseball is going on at the same time. And this isn't happening in baseball, so this could only be, you know, it's just it's just interesting to say like fans aren't you know doing this baseball players. They're not running onto the field during you know a baseball game trying to get a you know ball on the ground. It's just interesting to see because even just last night. They ran onto the field, uh, onto the court. And I don't think I've ever seen a fan run onto the court in recent memory. That's just, you know, the seats are right there. And I don't think I've seen anyone do that. So um, that's just that's just crazy to me. And I haven't seen any other charges get brought up against, you know, any other fan. Like I said, the Trey Young incident, the fan last night. Um, there was one before the water bottle, and I'm, I'm forgetting it. Um, oh, man. Um, trying to think. I know the Trey Young one. But I think, I believe if I remember correctly, the D.C. Police Department for the Wizards game last night, the fan who ran onto the court, I think he's facing potential charges and was also banned from from the arena as well. But it's definitely... The popcorn, the popcorn on Russell Westbrook. In baseball, yeah. Oh, yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's it's interesting though that you say that it's not happening in in baseball and other sports and I think that's a great point to make because basketball is kind of the only sport where the fans are you're very close to the players. You've got the floor seats and then it's pretty easy to get from the 100 section. You can just walk right down the stairs and make it onto the court also. I mean, obviously there's ushers and security guards, but it's not like baseball or football where there's really all of these different barriers like there are people literally sitting on the court and I think that might be part of it is the fact that the players are just so close to the fans but it's also like there would be no basketball there would be no entertainment without the players and so I think there definitely needs to be a lot more respect being shown to those players than than some fans have been showing lately. No, I think you're exactly right. And just them, you know, sitting on the court's a huge thing. But the Kyrie incident happened when he was walking to the to the locker room. So that can happen in any sport as, um, you know, as football, the, the, the fans are right there. Um, it's just interesting, like you're saying, um, that they're, they're just so close. And you would think that, you know, they're getting banned from the stadium. I just saw somewhere where five, just during the playoffs, five fans have been banned from, you know, the stadium, the, the venues where they were where they were at. And that just makes me think, what what's stopping them from going to another venue and doing it? <laughs> really, essentially, like the the guy that threw the water bottle, and, yeah. Like they can just go to another venue and and do it there. 
because I know um, they just the guy got no, banned. No, you make a good point. It's, mm -hmm. You can go. It's interesting that I wonder if the NBA will come out and almost make the ban universal to all NBA arenas or something like that, because you're right. As of now, I believe it's just to that mm -hmm. specific arena where it happened. But you're right. I mean, they can theoretically just go to any other <laughs> arena and watch their team play and do the same exact thing again. And, and going back to the Kyrie thing, I know there's a video of Kyrie, you know, going to the, to the Celtics logo and stepping on it or whatever. And that's, you know, supposedly that's what the fan mm -hmm. got angry about and, and through the, through the water bottle at him for because it was a sign of disrespect, but you have, you know, you go back to when, you know, Terrell Owens would go into the, the Dallas star and stuff like that. And you know what I mean? That never happened anywhere else, but like you were saying it just cause like, like you were saying, people just forgot how to act that, <laughs> you know, we've been, we've been inside for about a year, year and a half now, people just forgot how to act. And this is the most, you know, the most civilization they've had for who knows how long. And I, I'm not sure how long Boston has been letting fans in, but I think more stadiums are letting, you know, fans. I know, I know the Knicks, I think actually are letting a full stadium in for the first time. Um, Atlanta has been doing a full stadium, but Boston, I'm not sure. It didn't look full, but mm -hmm. I know there's, you know, just, it's just crazy to think that it's, it seems like about every other day, there's a, there's a, breaking news uh, a fans gets banned or does something to a player and it's just something we haven't seen before yep exactly i mean and honestly the nba playoffs are definitely shaping up to be better than i expected <laughs> but yeah it doesn't mean that you can act like a hooligan and do whatever you want you're still you're still <laughs> in public and you're paying to have these seats and you know it's just a respect thing like when did you learn to throw a water bottle at someone? I'm, I'm not really sure. But I mean, all I can say is in terms, I don't know who your team is, but I've been rooting for the underdog lately. And so I at least hope that the Suns beat the Lakers and go yes, up 3-2 yes. to tonight. I have I have been rooting for the Suns. I, I do want to see the Suns succeed. I know I know Chris Paul is 0-11 with that referee. Um, that that name that name is you know skipping my head right now, but I, I do want to see the Suns make it past. Uh, I know I know I think someone just I think it might have been Shannon Sharp that just said the Nets are going to win it all in the East, which is possible. But it just makes you think, you know, if, if the Suns do, I I want the Suns to do it, but it's just it's just hard to say with Anthony Davis coming out uh, with injury. I'm not I don't watch that much basketball. I just keep up with it. I'm being honest, but I am a a huge Suns fan when it comes to this stuff is I know they just, they haven't been the best. Yeah, exactly. I love the Devin Booker, Chris Paul duo. Chris Paul, ha I don't think Chris Paul's won a championship yet either. No, I think I that's right. But no. then also with the Nets, yeah. The Nets are insane. I mean, you have the, <laughs> the big three plus Blake Griffin. I mean, and Joe Harris has kind of been popping off lately too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how another team is going to beat the Nets, but I mean, assuming that they're going to beat the Celtics either tonight or at least at least win the series, they'll face um, who will they face next? They'll face the Bucks. And that'll I, be good. The Bucks. That'll be good. Looked really good the past they looked, few games. They looked very they good against the give Heat. Give them a run for their money. But I definitely think if the Bucks, you yeah, know, if the, the Bucks. <laughs> 
if the if the Bucks don't get at least two games on on the Nets, I think the Nets are just going to cruise through the East. I don't I don't think there's much competition in it at least. I, I, and really, it's going to be hard for any team in the West. I think I think if the Lakers go face the face the Nets, I think that's the best case scenario just for you know competition wise. I just don't I just don't feel like the Suns have the have the you know. I mean, they're, they're not really a tall team. You got DeAndre Ayton and, you know, yeah, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, and those aren't really tall guys, and you can't have them guarding, you know, KD and then <laughs> KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. It's going to be it's going to be very hard for them to do that. And keep, again, keep up with them offensively as well. No, yeah, you're definitely right about that. I mean, the Nets are just way too powerful, I think, and so whether the Lakers – make it to the championship and face them, I think it's kind of going to be up to Anthony Davis's injury. Cause I, as good as LeBron is, I don't think he can do it without, without Davis. There's yeah, just no way. You're right. The West, the West is loaded. And you, I mean, you look at the Clippers now and you know, that them and the Mavericks going at it, that's probably the best, the best series of the, of the playoffs right now. And it's just, it's just crazy to think how people thought, you know, you know, the Clippers are going to be fighting with the Lakers in the Western conference finals. And now they're, you know, both teams are, are slipping, but that's just the beauty of the, of the playoffs. Yep, exactly, exactly. But it'll be definitely fun to watch whatever happens. Well, Stephanie, I want to thank you for coming on. If you want to tell everyone where to find you, your podcast, you know, your Twitter, everything like that. Yeah, sure. So you can find me on Twitter at S Weisenberger underscore or Instagram at Steph underscore explains it all. And yeah, feel free to follow me, reach out. And also TikTok, TikTok account is just sports law. And that I collaborate with a few people from the Conic Detrimental podcast. And we put out videos based on different sports law news. And so check us out there as well. But thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on, Stephanie. And Stephanie does have a pretty big TikTok following. That's one thing we didn't touch on. So if you are on TikTok, make sure to you know, make sure to check her out. She has a great she has a great account over there. And um, Stephanie, thank you again for you know for coming on. And if you guys have anything, you know, if you guys want to get more interested into just get more sports law news, make sure you follow Stephanie and the whole you know the uh, the content detrimental podcast. They they do great stuff over there. And uh, I think that's it, Stephanie. If you have anything to add, now's the time. Awesome. Yeah. Just follow us, Conic Detrimental. We try and put out new episodes every week. I think we're recording one tonight, actually. So great to be here. And I look forward to hopefully speaking to some of your listeners soon. Stephanie, thank you again for coming on. And this is another episode of Chit Chat with Finn Maniacs. Don't go to, go, don't go to any NBA games and uh, do something that, that we will probably talk <laughs> about. <laughs> See you guys next week. Bye.